Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, February 4th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to read the John passage again, but before that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, in the reading of your word, may we experience the living water that is Jesus Christ. May we experience grace, which is Jesus Christ. May we experience all that Jesus is and live as transformed people, as people who have touched grace and can no longer remain the same. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Friends, listen to the familiar story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman from the fourth chapter of John's Gospel. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go. Call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, 
I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, when you're having a difficult day, when you're having a bad day, what is it that you turn to towards to pick yourself up? Okay, so if it's Or maybe not pick up, just like live, exist. How do you continue, Tara? How how do you go on? How do you continue being you all the time, Tara? (laughs) That's a different question, Brett. Um, Okay, so if it's a really bad day, like I've had to bury someone I love, Mm -hmm. My family pretty much knows that I'm going to come home and get in bed. Like I literally put on my favorite robe and I get under the covers and I burrow. And after about two hours, I'm ready to face the world again. But there's something about being in that super safe place that I need. If it's just like a bad, I'm frustrated, the key for me is always people. So like I'll call my best friend. I call Brian. Um, Talking through it alleviates a lot of the pressure or pain. So those are the things for me. What about for you? Yeah, mine, I have, I have kind of two go-to things. Um, and one of them is like going to prolong my life and one's going to end my life early. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that will end my life early is when I'm just having a, a difficult day. You know, growing up, our, our birthday dinner, we didn't eat out a lot. And so our birthday dinners, you know, the exciting thing that we'd go out to eat was usually something like Taco Bell. So if I'm having a bad day, you get the bell. I go to Taco Bell, and it's like the feeling of my birthday as a ten year old. <laughs> and so it's it's just I just feel so good, and I'm happy, and I wolf down something for five dollars, and the world is right again. So you that's know, going that to is, kill um, me. Bulger drive through on Sundays. Really? Going <laughs> from church. Yeah. I should tell Allie that should be the Goodman drive through. Uh huh. One beef burrito, extra cheese, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the healthier thing is, um, you know, some sort of exercise. Like I'm just gonna like what? I'm gonna work out all emotions, and they're not gonna be there anymore, which usually does help. Uh, or that was that was more when the more of beating it out of me when I was younger. But now I'm a little lazier, so now it's like a really long hike. A uh, walk with my dogs does do good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got that. But to our scripture, this this interaction that Jesus has uh, with the Samaritan woman, is this an interaction that could be a model for evangelism? And if it is a model for evangelism, what can we learn from it? So I think it's the very best model for evangelism in a lot of different ways. One is the simple fact that Jesus just starts a conversation Hmm. with someone, right? 
often the most terrifying <laughs> yes often started. the most terrifying unless you're a flaming extrovert like that's, me and i'm like true. i'd like to talk to everybody <laughs> but it's um it's just the beginning of a conversation um I think probably what is more convicting and more of an evangelistic model that we can emulate is um, her testimony, right? Mm. Which is, um, I met someone who knows everything about me and still offered me living water. Um, And so to tell people that, I think, is this great model for evangelism. And you know what's so interesting to me, too, is that when she first goes back to her people, she says, he can't be the Messiah, can he? And so being transparent, too, of like, hmm. I still have doubts and <laughs> I'm still not sure. But what has happened to me so far was so convicting. I'm here telling you. What do you like about it? Yeah, uh, it sounds like we need to get, you know, WWSWD bracelets. What would the Samaritan woman do? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've, I've heard people... I love how you took that because my initial answer to this question was no, because because I'm arrogant and so I put my place in the Jesus. I'm like I can't be have no, div- my I can't friend. I can't have divine knowledge no, of, no, of, no. of this. So it's it's a terrible model for evangelism. I can't go up to someone and be like mm-hmm. I know about your deepest shame, uh, but to look at the Samaritan woman as as a model for um, evangelism, I think is absolutely delightful. Of of it's literally. What changes her community is just her sharing her experience, her testimony, her good news. Um, I also think that this is a, a great model for uh, care of, of one another, of, you know, oftentimes when we, oftentimes when we're talking to someone we care about and we strike a chord where, of, of, of pain, um, for any of us, for myself included, our, nat- our, our natural reaction is to uh, deflect and go a different direction. And so that's exactly what this woman does. You know, points out. Uh, she's embarrassed. She's embarrassed. Um, you know, so, some, some people, some feminist scholars think that, you know, it doesn't say she had affairs, but. Uh, they but could have died. They could have died. Uh, and now she, she can't marry another husband because no one will marry her because. You know, her past five have died. Who wants to be a part of that? Um, <laughs> she's the black widow. She's the black widow. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It's hard being the black widow. Uh, and so immediately when it gets to that really deep part of her life, she, she switches it to a theological question of, but where should we worship Jesus? Uh, and Jesus, immediately, he, he kind of brushes off uh, the question and gets down to the to the point of it, which is like, you know, where we worship doesn't matter, uh, but the grace that's coming to you will change us. Is, and and that is uh, to push past the kind of deflection question and to offer grace um, to reside in that difficult, awkward moment. I think it's a really lovely model for, for caring for others. So it's funny. It's just a difference, not right or wrong. But sure. I don't read it as deflection. What I read that is, she says, sir, I see you are a prophet. And she starts to talk to him about where to worship. If he is a prophet and the prophet of God is standing before her and she knows she won't be welcome in Jerusalem, what's she supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Um, So I wondered, you know, our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you, because you're a Jew, would say, I have to go to Jerusalem. Maybe it is deflection, but I think it's also a, okay, something's happening here, but I don't even know how to be faithful in this context because we're so divided. Mm -hmm. I mean, the greatest divide... Um, 
you know, Samaritans and Jews shared the Pentateuch. They had the same scripture, Mm -hmm. but they were divided over how you worship. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, that sounds great. But what am I supposed to do? Yeah, how can I? Where, where, where would a place for me be? Uh, yeah, uh, in yeah. where you're talking about. Yep. Um, and so I think it's interesting. I, you know, he says we're supposed to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And I have been thinking about that all week. Um, I think worshiping in spirit means that our focus is solely on God instead of on things. Um, you know, it's uh, the Reinhold uh, Niebuhr thing. We shouldn't worry about the furniture in heaven or the temperature in hell, right? That to worship in spirit is to focus on the spirit of God and, and not where or when. But to worship in truth also, I think that's recognizing the truth of Jesus Christ. But I'm struck in this that she was truthful. Yeah, like she was truthful about mm-hmm. her brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if there's something, too, about um, our worship should always be honest about our brokenness, too. And I think evangelism should always be about transparency in our brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and maybe that's just me. I'm sure there are probably as many different ways to evangelize as there are people But I think what I take from this passage is that, number one, it should always be rooted in our experience. And that's always going to be I language. Let me tell you what happened to me. Yeah, I think that is the the critical point, right, of, um, you know, for some some people, uh, they have had this experience of God and they, like, just really haven't had a doubt about it ever since. And and they can give that testimony. and, And that might be what some people are looking for. Uh, but you can't give that testimony because that's not your experience yeah. with God. Yeah. Uh, and so you give the the testimony of, you know, I had this experience with God. I was moved and I still have brokenness and doubt. Uh, but I know that the tide is coming in towards grace, right? Yeah. So my favorite theologian is Hans Fry, who really believed that the biblical story is always enough. Like we don't have to, you know, put modern constraints on it or any of those things. And so I think that there has been, there are different seasons in evangelism. And I think for a time, like the whole apologetics thing was, how can we be the most persuasive? I think what works for me, but also what I read in this passage is just be honest about the transformation in your life and you will speak to the need for transformation in mine. Mm. Right, friends, thank you so much for joining us. I would like to quote with a, um, a quote from the author Brennan Manning. The gospel is absurd and the life of Jesus is meaningless unless we believe that he lived, died, and rose again with but one purpose in mind, to make brand new creation. Not to make people with better morals, but to create a community of prophets and professional lovers, men and women who would surrender to the mystery of the fire of the spirit that burns within, who would live in greater fidelity to the omnipresent word of God, who would enter into the center of it all, the very heart and mystery of Christ, into the center of the flame that consumes, purifies, and sets everything aglow with peace, joy, boldness, 
and extravagant, furious love. This, my friend, is what it really means to be a Christian. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen. Amen.